to be here today. Thank you guys. Bless you and all your staff. It's so good to see all of you and to worship the Lord with you today. And I know it's Mother's Day, and so I know it's kind of like we need to get out of here because it's Mother's Day, and I understand that, but we're going to look in the Word of the Lord for a minute. I was thinking about Mother's Day. If you want to be turning to Mark chapter 7 in your Bibles, we'll be going there in a moment. And we're going to talk about a mom who didn't have a chance, and yet somehow God made a difference in her life. I was thinking about years ago when I was youth director in Louisiana, we were at a church there on a Mother's Day. And some things you don't need to do on Mother's Day. And on this particular Sunday, this particular Mother's Day, for whatever reason, the pastor there, and I think he was killed shortly after this, he decided that he was going to give a flower to particular moms in the congregation that day. And one of the groups he wanted to target happened to be moms over 75 years old. And he stood and he said, I want every mom, every lady in the building, 75 years old and older, to stand up. And there was this one usher that we knew very well, and he went over to this woman that he knew very well, and she was, you know, she had seen 75 several years ago in the rearview mirror, but she was not going to admit she was 75. And it was hilarious to watch the standoff. He's standing there with a the flower. She's, you know, finally, get away. You know, So just some things you don't do. I thought, okay, that or all the moms that weigh over 138 pounds. You just don't ask those things. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so there's going to be no targeting of any particular moms this morning. So uh, relax, and uh, we're going to get in the word of the Lord here and see if maybe the Lord wants to meet with us. Uh, because I do believe that on Mother's Day, the Holy Ghost can break through your, your life and, and can touch in your situation. And even though you might have come here today and feel like there is not a chance in the world something can happen that's going to impact and change my life in a moment, an encounter with Jesus. Can change everything. Mark chapter 7. From there he arose and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Holy Spirit, help me in these next few moments here to just be very brief and to say what you once said, but more than that, Lord, may we lean on you. And before we go out the doors here in a few moments, let someone encounter you. Let a mom encounter you. Let a dad encounter you. Let a struggling young person encounter you in such a dramatic fashion as did this woman and do something miraculous and great in our lives. And Father, we'll give praise to you. We'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This story is, uh, is one that really, is, it's, there's so much to it that I don't have time to get into it. Jesus was feeling the heat from the religious establishment in Jerusalem, in an, uh, that area of Galilee. And he felt like he had to get out because it wasn't time for him to die just yet. And so he left Galilee and he went north into the region of the Gentiles. 
He went about 50 miles, of course, on foot into what is now Lebanon. Tyre and Sidon are mentioned here. Tyre and Sidon were strongholds of Phoenicia in that area, in that era, and they were utterly off limits to good Jews like Jesus for him to go there. For Jesus to venture to that place was utterly out of bounds. It was totally, I mean, it was so far out of bounds. It came as a shock to them when they realized where Jesus was going. Because the nice Jesus, the nice church Jesus did not go to places like Tyre and Sidon. I mean, the nice Jesus that we have in church, he, he doesn't visit places like that. As a matter of fact, it'd make you kind of back up and wonder, what in the world is he doing way up there? I mean, why is he there? Why is Jesus going to a place like that? Well, the truth is, he was human and he needed to be hidden from you because the, they were wanting to kill him in Jerusalem and it was not his time. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go and secrete myself away and no one will know where I am. The heat will die down then I can go back and fulfill my ministry and my calling. Now, it makes me kind of wonder, have you ever been in one of those places where Jesus was kind of hidden from you? You kind of go through life and it's kind of like where Jesus is not evident. Maybe you've been walking with him a while and you wake up one day and the euphoria and the joy and the giddiness is gone and you're trying to find it, but it's kind of like Jesus is, is hidden there. You, you're kind of going through a valley or you're met with some kind of a calamity or a disaster or something wrong in your life and it's kind of like the, the Lord just can't be found and maybe you're enduring that today. I've come to tell you if that's the case you're in good company because a guy in the Bible by the name of Job in Job 23 said look I go forward but he is not there I go back there but I cannot perceive him when he works on the left hand I cannot behold him and when he turns to the right I can't see him even the psalmist asked in Psalm 89 46 how long O Lord are you going to hide yourself forever the, the prophet Isaiah Isaiah went through a time where it seemed God was utterly hidden. Isaiah 8, 17 says, I will wait upon the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, but I'm still going to hope in him. Even the great John the Baptist in the throes of depression and struggle in Matthew eleven three sent word to Jesus, are you the really the one to come or should we be looking for another? I've come to declare to somebody this morning, you may be a a mom who feels like you don't have a chance in this world. You may be a dad who feels like life is piled on you and there is no way to make it out. You may be some young person, maybe a young couple and you're struggling and it seems like Jesus is a million miles away. Those days don't last forever. You may be walking in it right now and it may be weeping time to night but if you'll endure joy will come in the morning because the Lord will make him Himself known. Jesus is waiting on you. You just stay after him. Amen. And what this lady did, what, what happened in her life, it's applicable to every one of us. Amen. Now, this mother, this, this mom right here is really pathetic because 
really she has no chance in life. I mean, she has three strikes against her before she ever gets out of bed that morning. She gets up and the Bible tells us who she is. I love the old story about the boy that came home from Sunday school one day. And they said, what did you study about today? He said, we had this lesson about the sorry policeman woman instead of a Syrophoenician woman. So, you know, yeah, yeah, sometimes you get things mixed up. But she had a lot going against her. Number one, she was a widow. And that in that day, that meant you had no one. There's no safety net. There's no family. There, there's nothing there. You are utterly alone. On top of that, she had a daughter who was demonized at home. And in that culture, that meant that there was something very wrong. And, and you deserved it. You had brought on yourself that, that attack from the enemy. She was in the eyes of the Jews a dirty Gentile, one who was not even worthy of the goodness of God. She was this hodgepodge, if you will, of cultural conflicts, none of which helped her with God nationally. She was a Phoenician. Politically, she was a Syrian. Ethnically, she was a Canaanite. And I'm telling you, that's about as bad a mix as, as you could possibly get in those days. When you boil it down to its barest elements, she had no chance. She had no right. She had no way, no reason to expect God to do anything in her life. She had no right to do what she did. There was no pastor to teach her. There there was no women's group to encourage her. There, there was no worship team to lead her to the Lord. I mean, she didn't even have a Bible to tell her about how good the Lord was. There was nothing in her, nothing in her life that to, we think earns us that right to get in the presence of God. Nothing. I mean, some of us today, you've come in here and some of you feel like I didn't read enough Bible this week or I didn't pray enough this week or I messed up and did something so I've got to wait a week or two and get really good so I can earn my way back into the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, there was nothing, nothing about this woman's life that earned her an audience with the Lord. But I declare to you, this Mother's Day 2023, she encountered a breakthrough with God. She encountered something mighty. I want to know how she did it. Amen. I want to know this woman with no chance. How did she, with all that junk in her life, manage to touch Jesus and have Jesus touch her? And it tells me if she could do it, I can do it. If she could break through, you could break through. Mom, if she could touch Jesus for her daughter, you can touch Jesus today for your daughter. If she could have an encounter with the supernatural son of God with all that baggage, surely you and I can reach through today and we can touch the hem of his garment as he passes by. What worked for her will work for you. Amen? Get ready. Saddle yourself up and let's go encounter the presence of the Lord. Amen? Here's what you got to do. Here's what she did at least. Number one, she began to recognize who Jesus really was. She, it dawned on her, the one with whom she was dealing. Matthew, in his account, it's in Matthew 15, in the way he told the story, Matthew said this, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is demon-possessed. 
what she said was messianic language. In other words, we're given an insight out of Matthew. The Lord's son of David tells us something about this woman's perception of who Jesus was. She may be on the outside looking in, but she's learned something about him while she's been walking around the periphery of all that's going on. When I was a boy growing up, we were kids growing up in Alabama. We'd have camp meeting there in Bessemer under the old tabernacle, kind of like the tabernacle here. And, And what you would do as youngsters, you'd walk around the outside. You know, actually, they're trying to find mates. I I know what was going on. But you'd kind of walk around the outside. But you absorbed a lot of stuff going on in there. You picked up on things going on. This woman was not invited to the party. She didn't have an invitation to get in the door. But she hung around the windows and listened long enough till she understood that guy right there, he's the son of the living God. There's more to him than meets the eye. He's able to do things that no one else can do. And that's what she said saying here, son of David, she understood who Jesus was. She picked up on his power and his might and his ability. And I'm talking to people today that if I start laying all this theological jargon out there, you kind of gloss over and it lose, you know, you lose attention. I'm not going to tell you about all that. I've just come to declare to you he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And there's no situation in your life over which he is not dominant. There's not a devil you'll ever encounter over which he does not have authority. There isn't a sickness in this room that he cannot send his word and heal today. There is not any opposition that rises against you that he cannot stand up and let the Lord arise and let his enemies be scattered. I've come to declare to you today a Jesus who is absolutely sovereign that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody ought to praise him a little bit on this Mother's Day. He is absolutely God in our place. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, she realized, I know I don't have the right to be here, but he's the one who is opening up the things of heaven to people like me who do not have a chance. I relate to her. I have no right to call on him, but he's opened heaven up anyway. I'm on the outside looking in, but he has opened the door wide and said, why don't you come in here and let's get together. I've done nothing to garner his attention. I bring nothing to the table. In fact, he ought to walk away from me, but instead he calls on me and says, cast your care on me, for I care for you. I'm calling on him today because I know it's his nature. Pastor, you said it a minute ago. It's his nature to bless me. It's his nature to bless my sons. It's his nature to bless my grandchildren. If I live long enough to see great grands, it's in his nature to do that to them. I call on him today because it's his good pleasure to give me the keys to the kingdom. I call on him today because I know that God freely gave him and with him he'll also freely give us all things. I've come to tell you about a Jesus today who's more than a nice guy, who's more than a moral teacher, who's more than a business guru. He is the everlasting son of God filled with the Holy Ghost without measure who right now prays for you at the right hand of the Father and has sent his spirit to us that he might minister to us so get it in your mind he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and realize who this Jesus is today amen
Now, if you want a breakthrough, if you don't have a chance, it's mighty fine to know there's one I can touch who's able. Amen. Secondly, you got to refuse to let yourself get offended by what goes on. Yeah, you missed your chance. You should have shouted just a moment ago. Because now we're going to get down to where, you know, the rubber meets the road. Because the truth is, the longer we're in church, the more easily we're offended. Oh, I, I just, you know, I can tell you. We get so thin-skinned and so mature in our attitudes, when something doesn't happen exactly as we think it should, we're out of here, man. We'll pack our bags and go home. Well, look at this woman. She comes and she says, Jesus, please heal my daughter. Please heal my daughter. Please heal my daughter. Repeatedly, Lord, heal my daughter. Heal my daughter. Finally, Jesus said, listen, you're a dog, and it's not right to feed the children's bread to the dogs. Now, you can, look, guys, I've worked through this thing a dozen times up, down, Greek, everything else. There's no way around it. Jesus called the woman a dog. You know, there, there are a couple of terms, and if you want to feel better about it, there are a couple of terms in the Greek language about dogs. One means the old pariah dogs, the old rabid kind of, you know, the, the, the stray dog, the, and others are like little lap dogs. At, he, at least he called her the lap dog kind of dog, not the snarling pit bull dog. I've had people get mad at me over the most inane things. Years ago, pastoring in Birmingham, I was at the hospital with this guy, and he, he had had surgery, as I recall, and he's there. And I went in, and we're talking, and, and Pastor, you know, I'm in his bed. I'm going to visit him. I, it's about the 47th time I've seen him in the hospital, you know. And I'm, and I'm like, pal, it's great to see you today. We're just believing God to bless you, all kind of stuff, and prayed for it. The next day, his wife came to my office all upset in a huff. You want to know why? Because I used the word pal, a term of endearment, instead of James, his name. Now, if I had told her what I thought of that that day, she said, we're thinking of leading the church because you called him pal. Now, I wanted to say, now, I won't say what I wanted to say. It was carnal, fleshly, and it would have felt good. And as I'm telling you this story, my blood pressure is going up because I'd like to go find her, dig her grave up, say, let me tell No, I'm kidding. And it dawned on me. When I'm studying this passage, Pastor, it dawned on me one day. They get mad at me and leave because I call them pal, a term of endearment. Jesus calls them dogs to their face. And they just hang right around, you know. <laughs> but come to think of it, this woman left with her need met. Well, those two were nasty Nellies till the day they died. Let me tell you something. When you don't have a chance, when your need is so great, when your kids are so far gone, when, when sickness is beyond the ability of the doctors to heal it, I mean, when your finances are wrecked and they're going to repossess everything, don't you dare get offended and let what somebody says stop you. Don't, don't you. don't you let how somebody at church looks at you stop you from pressing in. I mean, don't let how they treat you turn you off and cause you to pack your bags and go home and say, I'm never going, I'm not going back there. No, no. No, if you want to, when you don't have a chance and people say stuff and look at you and call you things, you need to shrug that stuff off and say, I'm not coming to you anyway, friend. I'm going after the one who can change my life, who can heal me, who can make a difference in me. I, I'm going to go after him today. It doesn't matter what you think about me, amen? 
I'll go one step further. When you don't have a chance, don't even let the preacher stop you from pressing in. Oh, look, look at it real closely. Matthew 15, 23. Again, Matthew gives us a little different side to the story. Matthew 15, 23 says, And his disciples came to him and urged him, saying, Make her stop and get rid of her. Oh, yeah. Literally, she was shouting at the disciples, Make him come. My daughter, help me. She's screeching at them. If you want to know how passionate this woman was, if you'll go over to where the, the, the Gadarene man was in the tombs who lived there, and you'll read in there how he was howling day and night. That's the same word used right here to describe this woman screeching after them. She was screaming out passionately, undeterred. And the disciples said, you need to stop that because that's not how we do stuff around here. I've got this. Go ahead and settle this one in your mind okay not everybody in church is going to be on board with you touching heaven do you hear me today not everybody in I guarantee you pastor and I don't know anybody here hardly except for a handful of you but I guarantee you not everybody sitting in this room this morning is going to gladly get on board your train when you try to get a touch from God but if you're going to wait on a hundred percent vote to reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by forget it you're never going to have that happen if you're going to wait on everybody in church to agree that there's this move of the spirit in order for you to be touched you will die in your need if you're waiting on that right circle of friends to agree with you that your need is bad enough to have breakthrough on Mother's Day Sunday morning I've got news for you they'll never do it they're good people but they'll never do it you want to know why because they don't have a daughter back home that's growling like a dog filled with the power of the devil they're good people but they don't have a son hooked on drugs today they're good people but they don't have a daughter who's walking the streets in some city today. They're wonderful people but they don't have a shattered marriage in their lives kind of like you do. Oh, some of them are wonderful people but cancer's not destroying them and bad news from the doctor. They're not facing the devil like you're facing the devil today and if you wait on them to agree with you things will die in your life. So what do you do? You ignore them and you keep on pressing into him when religion tells you to stop you keep on pressing into him when he gets silent you keep on chasing after him and here's what you do when nothing else works when nothing else works again Matthew 15 gives us a little insight but she came running and kneeling began to worship him When all the stuff people like me tells you to do, when we tell you everything we know to do, and you still have the problem, get it all out of the way and get in and worship Him. When all the false prophets on TV, when all the stuff you try, you bought all their stuff, and it's, it's still not working, forget all that junk, get alone and begin to worship Him. 
you press in. I mean, you do what you got to do. If you got to grovel in front of him, you start groveling in front of him like this woman did right here. If you got to fall down on your face in front of him, you fall down on your face in front of him. If you've got to worship loudly to get everything else droned out, you worship loudly. When you've done everything they tell you to do and nothing else works, get alone and begin to worship like him. Start whining and start worshiping. Stop complaining. Start crying out in joy. Stop slandering everybody else and start shouting praises to the top of your lungs. And I promise you, he'll turn and he'll gaze and he will look upon you for he is drawn to the praises of his people. Do you know this Sunday morning right here in Nortonsville, Virginia, God will find you right where you sit based on one thing and one thing only. If you'll worship him in spirit and in truth, he'll find you for the Father is searching for people like that today. He's looking to and fro for those to whom he may show himself mighty on this earth and your worship will draw his attention. Why don't you right now, let's just take a minute and bless him. Why don't you right there where you are, take a minute and praise him. Just take a moment and give him glory and honor. Hallelujah. You got to recognize him for who he is. You, you got to refuse to let everybody else stop you. Thirdly, when you get there, you got to respond to what he says. It's important to notice that she had to go to him, not the other way around. Do you, you realize there were, there were hundreds, if not thousands, of women in in similar circumstances that Jesus walked past on his way to Tyre and Sidon. She had to seize the moment and seek him out while he was there. Remember, he's, he's trying to hide. She goes and digs him out. It is not your plight that will move him to action. It's the demonstration of your faith in action which will move him to your need. I guarantee you there are needs galore, Pastor, in this room right now. He is not going to come and shake you by the nap of your neck and make you respond. You have to respond to him in order to have something happen. Ah, come on. We've walked out of church you have a thousand times. And you wonder, why did they get so blessed? And I am like a bump on a pickle over here. I can tell you why. They moved and I stood still. They responded to his call and I stood frozen. And the response to Jesus, does, even the call of Jesus, the command of Jesus, does not have to be some fantastic, you know, write it on the ceiling take over the screen kind of thing. No, if, if you are, if you are, if you don't have a chance today, sometimes it's just a simple command of the Lord. Did you notice what he said? Hey, lady, go home. The demon's gone. Let me circle back a second. Isn't it wonderful that our Jesus is so utterly amazing? He never speaks to the demon. He never prays about the demon. 
far as I know, he didn't even wave his hand toward the house. He's telling her the demon will be gone when you get there. And somehow through the atmosphere, the demon hears it and says, oh, I got to go. <laughs> That's how awesome this Jesus is this morning. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So he's not lost that power. But Jesus simply said to her, honey, go home. It's handled. And instead of saying, give me a written certificate, give me a gilded edge document, give me a drop of your blood to be sure, sign right here to prove this, the woman said, that's enough for me, and started going home. A crumb from his table was more than enough to dislodge a strong demonic presence from a child who was nowhere near his immediate person. I just kind of wonder what Jesus could do around here today if somebody would dare to press past all the stuff, all the junk, all the naysayers, all the time, all the worries about getting to lunch and all that stuff, and in the next couple of minutes would dare to say, I am going to hear and respond to the voice of Jesus. Because I'm telling you, if you don't have a chance, you'll never have a better chance than when you get in his presence. Come on, stay. I'm done. I'm done. I know it's Mom's Day. I get it. But I'm done. Come on, stand with me across the building. Holy Spirit, you know this crowd. You know this gathering of people. And you know those whom you brought here to hear this word. And I just can't help but believe somebody here needs to encounter you. As a matter of fact, Lord, I, I can't help but get past the, the feeling in my heart that there are some men and women in this room who aren't even saved. They're not walking with you. And you brought them here today to let them know that there is nothing binding them that cannot be broken through your blood and through your power. And I pray that for the next moment or two as we just kind of spend it in your presence before we leave the room and we get pictures made and go celebrate mom, that just for the next couple of minutes in this room that you're going to do something amazing, something awesome. Someone who does not have a chance, some mom whose child is so far gone they do not see a way for them to be saved is going to break through and realize you're able there's someone who's so sick, Lord, the doctors have written them off. They're going to break through, and you could bring healing to them today. I just ask you in the next couple of minutes to do something special in this room. To do something different on this Mother's Day, 23. I pray, Holy Spirit, I, I, I preach the word, so I expect you to move amongst the people and help them this, this morning. I pray it in the name of Jesus. We need you today, Lord, and we look to you. We look to you, for we are unable to, to deliver ourselves, and so we look to you.